Now, I'm going to read a longer passage of Scripture tonight, select verses. And so I'm just going to begin in chapter 14, verse 42. And I'm going to begin just calling out the verse numbers, and you can just follow along. That way you can see what I'm reading. But I'm going to piece together a number of verses in chapter 14 and 15. And the topic tonight is responding to the Lamb. We're going to look at a number of people who during this Passover week, as Christ was on the cross, we're going to see people who responded differently to Jesus Christ and how they responded. Mark chapter 14, verse 42. Let it, Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests, and the scribes and the elders. Verse 46. And they laid their hands on him and took him. Verse 53. And they led Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. Verse 55. And the chief priests and all the council sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none. Verse 61, but he, Jesus, held his peace and answering nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. And straightway in the morning the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and bound Jesus, and carried him away, and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answering said unto him, Thou sayest it. Verse 15, And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them, and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called together the whole band. And they gathered him with, and they clothed him with purple, and plaited a crown of thorns, and put it on his head, and began to salute him Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with a reed and did spit upon him, and bowing their knees, worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him, and put his own clothes on him, and led him out to crucify him. Verse 24. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. Verse 27. And with him they crucified two thieves, the one on his right hand and the other on his left. Verse 29, And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking said unto themselves with the scribes, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. 
and they that were crucified with him reviled him. Verse 37. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Let's pray together. Our Father, as we look at your word, I just ask tonight that your spirit would open our hearts. I pray tonight that we would really consider how people respond to the Lamb and the importance of responding to the Lamb. Please help me as I speak and others as it would be very easy to be distracted. I pray that you would help them to focus on your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. For you children, this week is typically called the Passion Week. It's the time between Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday, or you'll hear it called Easter. Last Sunday, we looked at the triumphal entry, which was the presentation of the Lamb of God. John wrote this title of our Lord Jesus Christ when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This week, we remember the promised Lamb's sacrifice, the one who came to make the payment for the entire world. In John chapter 1, verse 29, we read, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And in John 3.16, we read this familiar verse. In fact, this past week, you heard the Johnsons quote this verse for us. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, John 3.16. This evening, I want to focus on the various responses to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, which we read in Mark chapter 14 and Mark chapter 15. First of all, I want you to notice the response of the chief priests and the leaders to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. In chapter 16 of Matthew, verse 21, we read, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. John chapter 5, verse 18 tells us about their attitude toward him. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal to God. In John chapter 7, he recorded, After these things Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. What I want you to notice is the leaders, the rulers, the religious people heard what Jesus said, and they made a choice. They were offended that Jesus would claim to be God rather than being convicted by it. It was their personal choice. They rejected him as a person and they rejected his words. In uh, Mark chapter 14, verses 61 and 62, we read, not everyone's going to choose the gospel, but they're all going to be held accountable for the gospel. To you boys and girls, just because your moms and dads have received Jesus Christ as their Savior doesn't make you a Christian, and it doesn't mean that you're on your way to heaven. 
You personally have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You see, all of us have sinned. We've done bad things. We've disobeyed our parents. We've disobeyed what the Bible says. Maybe we've told a lie. Maybe we thought something about someone. We hated them because they made us feel silly. No matter what that, maybe we took something. You know, whatever that is, that's sin. And the Bible says the consequences, the wages of sin, is separation from God for all eternity. Well, the scriptures tell us after everyone lives, when they die, they'll be held accountable for the things they've done. You know, for these religious leaders, I could read many verses tonight. I probably have five, six, eight verses that talk about the fact that the religious leaders chose and they rejected Jesus. What about Pilate? Now, Pilate was a leader, a ruler in, a, in the land, like we would have a governor or a mayor. Pilate, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 15, verses 1 and 2 and verse 15, Pilate chose to please the people rather than do the right thing. You know, sometimes, rather than doing what we ought to do, we choose to do what our friends are doing. Maybe things that we know we shouldn't do. You know, that's not just for the children, is it? We moms and dads and grandparents, we uncles and aunts, we also struggle with doing the things we ought to do. But here, Pilate made a very bad decision. He made the decision not to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because he was afraid of the crowd, because he thought it would impact his job. Pilate made a personal choice. In Mark chapter 15, verses 16 through 20, we read about the soldiers. What I want you to notice, though the soldiers were commanded to scourge Jesus, they went well beyond, and they acted out personally out of hatred toward Jesus. You see, a Roman flogging was a brutal beating that often preceded an execution and often was so violent that the prisoner didn't survive the flogging. It didn't stop at 39 lashes as the Jews commanded. They were allowed to go as long as they wanted, and multiple soldiers would take a stick with short leather strips on it, with sharp things on the end, and they would just keep beating and beating and beating the one that they were scourging. We read that not only did they scourge Jesus, but they mocked him and they spit upon him. The Roman law didn't require that. They chose to do what they were doing. You see, the soldiers saw the Lamb of God and they chose to say, we won't receive him. Then we come to verse 32 of chapter 15, and we look at the thieves. Here we have two men, one on either side of Jesus. Both could see and hear all that Jesus said. They also mocked while Jesus was being crucified. In the book of Matthew, we read, this term, they cast the same into his teeth. Literally, the things they were saying were mean and harsh. They were hateful. 
Luke says it this way, And one of the malefactors, which was hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other had had a change of heart. And in verse 40 we read, He rebuked him, saying, The one thief to the other thief, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. For those of you who have been following along in the daily devotionals this week, as we've been looking at the seven sayings of Jesus from the cross, we recognize that this is a wonderful text for teaching us about salvation. You notice the man did not have to be baptized to become a church member. He didn't even have time to show the change in his life. All he had was the opportunity by faith to accept that he was a sinner Jesus Christ was a savior. That Jesus Christ was his only hope. And he asked for mercy, for help. Do you know, each one of us comes to God the same way. It gives great confidence and great hope because it's not based on what we do, but it's based on what Jesus did. We have those who, in verses 29 and 30, we read those who passed by, and then we come to the centurion in the last verse there where we read, the centurion saw and believed. Do you know as we celebrate the Lord's resurrection, let's not forget that even though salvation is sufficient for all, each of us must personally respond to the Lamb. Each of our relatives must personally respond to the Lamb. It's a personal choice. What will you do? Who will you tell this Easter, this resurrection time that they can have their sins forgiven? Let me encourage you to think about that, to ask God for an opportunity and to be praying that someone will come to know Jesus this Easter time.